Hey friends, as a church leader, you know that your ability to execute your vision comes down to staffing, facilities, and programming. All three of those things are fueled by one thing. That is generosity. Generosity is the fuel that drives your ministry engine. We are always trying to learn how to grow and create cultures of generosity that help fuel the vision. I want to introduce you to my friends over at The Giving Church, a brand new sponsor here at Unseminary, and they really do want to help. I love these guys, and you should lean in with them. Visit thegivingchurch.com forward slash unseminary for a free PDF. It's five ways to grow your church giving. The Giving Church, led by generosity coach, founder, and just amazing guy, Phil Ling, has worked with nearly a thousand churches of all sizes, including the size of your church in 40 different denominations and raised over a billion dollars to fuel incredible ministry. Don't run out of fuel for your ministry. Visit thegivingchurch.com forward slash unseminary today for your free PDF, five ways to grow your church giving. Again, that's thegivingchurch.com forward slash unseminary today. Are you looking for practical ministry help to inform and inspire your leadership? Do you have a sinking feeling that your ministry training didn't prepare you for the real world? Hey, you're not alone. Join thousands of other leaders in pursuit of stuff you wish they taught in seminary. Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast, presented by CDF Capital, helping churches grow. Visit them at cdf.capital forward slash unseminary. Hey friends, welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. Super excited for today's conversation because we're talking about one of those things that I know, listen, we've got a lot of executive pastors, a lot of people who lead in those kinds of areas at a church. And I know that today we're talking about a problem that is near and dear to our heart. In fact, I would say that today's issue is one of the things that I bet you earlier this week you were in a conversation about, and we're going to get a chance to help you take some steps in a practical direction today. Super excited to have Ronnie DeLeon. She is from Grace Fellowship and Path Engagement Software. So Grace Fellowship, if you don't know, it's a multi-site church in Ohio with five physical campuses, if I'm counting correctly, and church online. Uh, Path engagement, which is what we're going to talk about today, is a solution that works really hand in hand uh, with your church database, if I understand correctly, and apply some logic to really help uh, you understand and move people towards deeper engagement. This is what we're trying to do, friends. We're trying to get people engaged, and Ronnie is going to help us with that. Welcome to the show, Ronnie. So glad you're here today. Thanks, Rich. It's a privilege to have this conversation with you today. Yeah, so honored that you would take some time to be here. Why don't you kind of tell us, give us the kind of grace story, and then how does that connect to PATH? Kind of how do all those things fit together? Yeah, well, Grace Fellowship is a church that is always pursuing forward movement. We want to help people meet, follow, and share Jesus. And we're, we're willing to do everything we can to make that happen. And so Love like it. a lot of other churches, we have a church management software and we have mountains of data, right? But making that data actionable and figuring out how we can know who to reach out to and when in a timely manner, uh, it was a struggle for us. And so we started building a solution that would make our data actionable and just give us reports that were easy to use, user-friendly, holistic, and making us as a staff more efficient as we wanted to chase people. Yeah, love it. So good. Well, one of my, um, so I'm excited for this on multiple levels, but one of my convictions is, gosh, like so many of us are sitting on so much data, but we're really not sure what to do with it. It's like, how do we 
how do we figure out how to move people? Like, how do we figure out how to identify people and then where, you know, kind of what their next steps are? Let's, can you kind of give us a bit of an insight into PATH specifically? So talk us through, how does your solution actually help us do that with the data that we have already? Yeah, PATH is an add-on to your church management mm-hmm. software. We're currently compatible with Church Community Builder and Planning Center. Uh, And what it does is it takes the data you already have and puts it in really user-friendly reports that quickly let you know who to reach out to and when. So Mm -hmm. it's kind of built around this measure that we created called the engagement index. And that's a measure of people's engagement. There's two different pieces to that, a long-term one and a short-term one. And the Mm long-term engagement really helps us watch people as they increase their engagement over time. And the short-term one helps us understand as people disengage. Uh, it, it's it's really reactive and, like I said, just gives us really actionable data so that we know who to reach out to to shepherd and disciple them as they're disengaging from the programs and activities of our church. I, I love that. Let's talk about that one first, the short-term disengagement. Um, what does that functionally look like in churches? Are they generating, so I understand, get a sense of what what your what your solution does, but are you running this like on a weekly basis, monthly basis, and then you're pulling people together in a team or like in a meeting? What's that look like? Path refreshes multiple times a day. And so you've got the downward trend report live in real time at all times. And so the way that a lot of the churches that we work with are using it is at least weekly, they're looking at that downward trend report. And that's that short term report telling us that somebody's engagement has changed in the last eight weeks versus their prior eight weeks. So it's really timely and and just really clearly gives you the list of names of people to go chase. And, And the way that a lot of churches that we work with do that is based on the team, right? Who mm. on staff is most closely connected to that individual mm-hmm. who's been missing mm-hmm. and how do we reach out to them and encourage them to, to mm-hmm. come back? Or, or a lot of times, Rich, you know this, there are care issues related to mm-hmm. disengagement. You know, how, mm-hmm. how can we come alongside and care for as well as shepherd and disciple people who are disengaging? Yeah. And how are you actually measuring disengagement? Like, what is that? What's that look like? How are you able to... Uh, you know, because what I understand you're saying is, hey, we've got the data already. You're just helping us see it in a different way that gives us clarity around disengagement or or increased engagement either way. Um, what data points are you actually, how are you able to discern that from, from the piles of data? It's based on the age group of the individual that we're looking at. So we've We've got different indicators. A lot of churches, you know, kids are checking in on the weekend services. So we've got that indicator to look at for them, depending on what programs a church has for middle school students, whether it's groups and a weekend service or just groups. Adults, then we're looking at grouping, giving and volunteering. And so we can we can see over all of their engagement, that holistic level of involvement. And we're able to see as the attendances decrease based on their personal pattern historically. (laughs) Hmm. Okay. So, oh, that's, so that's clever. So like I'm, I might be the kind of person that comes three times a month and, and I, over the last three months, I've only come twice a month or once a month. And that would then flag, oh, Hey, something has shifted, but it's not just a raw report around who's all the people that have only come once a month, because maybe I only come once a month and that, you know, that isn't actually a change. Um, or, you know, is that that the kind of thing we're, we're trying to pull apart? That's exactly what we're doing. Mm, that's very cool. I love that. Now, so we all know at scale, I, in fact, recently I was talking with a church that's that's trying to break the the 2000 barrier. That's what I do with coaching, help churches do that. And 
um, help me with this. I'm going to steal your brain here to help you in, in this coaching relationship. One of the things I've said intuitively is it seems like a lot of times churches less than a thousand, there's like somebody in the church that feels like they they feel like it's their job to know everyone. And they, and there's a guy at this church, particularly standing, you know, be standing out in front of the church. And it's like literally everybody that comes in, they know them, they know them, they know them. Well, that actually can be, I've said that can actually be a lid to your growth because you can only, you can only accommodate so many people in your brain. But what we want to do is actually have our database do that work for us, actually, uh, you know, retain all those people. Talk us through how, um, how we can leverage data to to really close those gaps, those places where you know people might fall through the cracks and ultimately not feel known. Um, what would be some of those kind of key moments, maybe in their journey, where they could fall through and we just miss them? Yeah, what's true, Rich? As a church grows, people do start falling through the cracks. You're you're unable mm-hmm. to know everybody and see if everybody's been around every weekend, and so. As we're able to take the mountain of data that we have and make it actionable, viewable, uh, we know as people disengage in a way that maybe we wouldn't be able to uh, if we didn't have the data that we were looking at. So as people are disengaging and we're reaching out to them, we're getting the flags, it's really clear and concise for us. So we're able to do that. You know, we're, we're not reaching out and saying, hey, your engagement uh, it, it's falling off. <laughs> Your <laughs> you know? engagement score has gone down. Right. This is the engagement police calling. <laughs> we're, we're really genuinely going at it. You know, we believe that every data point represents a soul. And so, mm, that's good. The, yeah, every data point truly represents a soul. And we're talking about real people on faith journeys. And if we're taking full advantage of the information we have, we can help them as they're <laughs> in this journey of meeting, following and sharing Jesus. And so when we reach out, there's, there's a story we have recently. One of our campus pastors got a flag mm-hmm. on one of these reports mm-hmm. um, about an individual who disengaged from group. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, his, his campus is around 500 people. There's no way he can see everybody. But because of the report, he got to reach out to this individual. And so he calls him and uh, finds out that he had recently lost a job, was battling some depression. And so his mm-hmm. disengagement really represented uh, one of those pivotal moments that matter in mm. people's lives. And we have the opportunity to come alongside him and support him through that, that difficult season. Hmm. Yeah, I can, I can see that that's very clear uh, to me for sure. Now, a part of this is, you know, your solution can only deal with the quality of data that you have. And so if I'm assuming, you know, there's got to be some best practices on getting attendance in groups like that, or getting, you know, trying to get the right data in the front end, coach us a little bit around those issues. Cause that, that to me seems like a problem. I know in the churches I've served in, man, can we just get people to click on the, yes, they were here (laughs) buttons uh, on our systems talk us through what's some best practices on that, that we should be thinking about. I know that's outside of the scope of path. You're just dealing with the, the, okay, the data that's in there, but man, that's a critical piece of the puzzle. It absolutely is. And, and some of the churches that we work with are asking that question. You know, we really see the value in this. We really want to have the data, but we can't get our group leaders to take attendance. We can't get our staff to prioritize making sure that kids or volunteers check in. Uh, and so it, it really is a cultural shift, Rich. Uh, everybody has to be bought in. But I believe that it's easy to get people to buy in when they understand the heart and the why of it. You know, right. when you put in front of people, uh, the when you help them understand the real life change, the real shepherding opportunities that we have, because mm-hmm. we have the data and are able to to understand where they're at and their engagement, uh, it, it's easy to win people over. 
but it is something mm-hmm. that needs to be consistently brought up. The vision behind that needs to be enforced. Mm-hmm. And, and we need to be making sure that that's happening at all levels of the organization. It, but it but it matters. It really, mm-hmm. really matters. And again, when, when people understand uh, what you're able to do once you have that data, it's much yeah. easier to get buy-in from your staff and your, your volunteer leaders. Okay. Yeah, totally. Um, let's pivot in a different direction. I feel like so many uh, of us as church leaders... Uh, we're feeling people. We're people, people. We like, it's like a lot of intuitive leadership. Uh, and then that only goes so far. And then eventually we have to actually come up against like real world data. <laughs> Talk us through how your tool helps us add real world information into our leadership as we're making, particularly making decisions. What, how are teams using it? Was, is there maybe a story about an effective use of, you know, of this, this tool or this approach? Talk us through that, you know, this kind of feelings versus data. How do we, how do we use those together or how do we use more data? A lot of times you feel like you haven't seen somebody around for a while. You've got a couple of people on staff who are in the lobby looking for people and maybe they'll on Monday morning get together and ask, you know, have you seen this family? Have you seen this individual? Uh, and, and a lot of times we're, we're working on feelings. The data helps confirm those feelings and really gives your staff the confidence to reach out, knowing that it, it really it, there really has been a disengagement of some sort for the individual or family. Uh, you also mentioned decision making. Uh, we mm. really believe that facts are our friends. Some mm. people will see truth in, in the data and, and they're afraid of it or they don't like what the data tells them. But fa- facts are our friends and data drives decisions. You know, this is true in other industries and it, and it works. So mm-hmm. why wouldn't mm-hmm. we apply that to our decision-making in church world as well? Mm-hmm. Have you seen um, any, so I feel like post COVID, all of us are asking this question, like people are attending less. It seems like that. It feels like that. Um, you know, is that really true though? Who knows? Um, you know, have you seen any trends with the churches that you're working with in the last couple of years that are say different than, uh, than pre COVID any, any kind of conversation around that? Yeah. What you're saying definitely seems true across the board. You know, people mm-hmm. who pre COVID were maybe 80% attenders feel like they're now 60% attenders. And so, uh, you, you, it's hard to, measure the reach of your ministry. You know, your average weekend service Mm -hmm. attendance is just a portion of the people that are connected to your ministry. And so one of the reports that we provide in PATH is called a unique individual engagement report. And what that report does, Rich, is track uh, each individual person that your ministry touches over a period of time. And we're only counting them once so that you can really measure and understand the reach of your ministry. And Mm -hmm. uh, across the board, what we're seeing is healthy, growing churches have a unique individual engagement number that's about 135 or 140% what their average weekend service attendance is. So if you're serving 100 people and your average weekend service attendance that you're seeing attend uh, every weekend, you're probably <laughs> actually serving that week around 135 to 140 people, whether that's through groups or, or other ministries, activities outside of that weekend service <laughs> attendance. Hmm, that's interesting. So that number, so just so I'm totally clear on that, because that's an interesting number. So what you're saying is if I'm, yeah, if I'm a church of it, staying with a hundred, because that's an easy number, then in other things that are non-Sunday oriented, I'm picking up an additional 35, 40% in groups or in, you know, how does that relate to the multiplier number? Because there's like, people will say this thing, which it bugs me 
where they'll be like, oh, so we have a sticking with the 100 number. It's like, we have 100 people on average attend, but we know people only attend one every three weeks. So we're a church of 300. I hear pastors say that kind of thing all the time, nutty language. You know, it's like, well, we're, you know, and of course, it's none of the people that listen to this podcast say that. There, none of them would say that. But, of course not. Uh, other kinds of church leaders say that. But what, how does that relate? Like this idea of churn and like, I'm not, you know, we're seeing people come through. Do you have any kind of insights on what's happening on that front? To be honest, Rich, I think you can assume based on your average weekend service attendance that that's happening. But until you have real data to, to support that, you, you really can't say that. No. Uh, yeah. Based on the unique individual engagement number, that again, doesn't include, doesn't include uh, individual attendance for adults sitting in a weekend service because most churches are not taking individual attendance for adults in that space. Uh, but until you've got data to say that, it's it feels like a little bit of a stretch to assume that that's the size of your church. And that's why the unique individual engagement number is so unique. Uh, a lot of churches are chasing this and wanting to understand this. You know, even leadership is looking at it saying, OK, uh, are we staffed appropriately? You know, if if we think this many people are in our, our ministry pond, if you will, but really mm-hmm. it's 30 to 40 percent larger, uh, mm-hmm. you know, should we be staffing differently? Should we be uh, adding activities outside of the weekend services if people are engaging outside of that space more often. It, mm-hmm. There's a lot of questions to be had, uh, conversations to to have yeah. around that number and understanding the real size of your ministry. Yeah, the thing that's interesting about that to that number, that 135 to you know 140% number is interesting because um, there's this benchmark that's often used that like a healthy church staff size is one to a hundred. So one staff member for every hundred attendees. But the irony of that one to a hundred number is like, I don't know any churches that are actually at that one to a hundred number there, unless you're very large, like unless you're above 5,000, 10,000, then they typically get that kind of, uh, you know, economies of scale. But, you know, when you do an audit and say, okay, well, let's look at the staff, how, where, where are they actually spending their time? Like, you know, oftentimes we're like, we're maybe a little bit overstaffed here, but it doesn't feel dramatically less. It doesn't feel like, or dramatically more. It doesn't feel like, oh gosh, we have like, we're swimming in staff. It's like, we could always add more, but that 135 to 140 might be a part of the reason why, because, hey, we're serving a bit of a larger community. That's, uh, that's interesting. Hmm. Any other kind of insights like that, that are interesting, um, you know, kind of benchmarky type things that, that you guys have noticed across, again, leveraging the fact that you see multiple uh, churches through PATH. Yeah, I would say a few things that we're noticing in an ongoing manner. It's just true across a lot of the churches uh, that, that we've seen. Uh, most fruitful discipleship conversations, the most fruitful discipleship conversations are happening with people who long term are sort of mid range engaged. So people who are highly engaged over a long period of time, if they fall away for a season, they're often finding their way back on their own. People who are nominally engaged, uh, it's, it's a little tougher to win them over. But people who, you know, attend your church maybe once a month, that's 12 times a year. They go to group maybe once or twice a month. They fall in that mid-range level of engagement. Uh, When they start disengaging, they're really responsive to the pastoral shepherding conversation when we reach out to them. And and so that's been really encouraging to understand who is most responsive to that conversation and, and how to get the most fruit out of making these pastoral calls. Um. Yeah, it's it's been really That's a helpful. fascinating insight. So if just let me reflect that back to you, what you're seeing is if we put people on a scale and there are people who are highly engaged, if they start to kind of slip away, chances are they're going to re-engage over time. People that are mid-range, 
if they start to become disengaged, they, they respond maybe even better or more. Uh, they, they're more likely to become more engaged uh, than, you know, than maybe obviously low engaged people or high engaged people. So there's there's an interesting target there around, hey, these people that are kind of mid-range engaged, let's go after them, figure out a way to connect with them. Our churches, is that true? Is that, am I understanding that correctly? That's correct. Yep. Okay. So how are churches following up? Like, is this following, is this, so let's, let's just say, again, I'm going to use you for coaching. Let's say you're a church of a thousand people, you know, they're listening in, they've got, you know, I've got a number of staff on my team. Uh, I'm an executive pastor. I use your tool and I'm, I see those mid-range people. Is the coaching to have like staff follow up with those people or should I be building a volunteer team? Who is actually doing those, you know, and then we'll talk next about what's that call or those engagements actually look like, because I'm intrigued on what that is. But let's first talk about the who, who should be following up with these people. Yeah, there are a couple different ways that you can approach that. Um, again, we I think we said earlier that the staff member closest to the individual who's disengaging is somebody mm -hmm. is one approach that you could take somebody who would reach out to them, somebody that it means something that they're connecting with them and notice that they were gone. Another approach you could take is having uh lay elders, or, or some churches are calling it navigators. So these are mm. highly bought in people, mature Christians who love reaching out to people who love engaging. They're kind of a, an add on to your pastoral staff, but it's a volunteer role that's really high capacity that you are giving the names of the individuals to follow up with to this group of people. And they're, they're somewhat of an extension of your pastoral staff. We've also mm -hmm. seen that be really fruitful in some churches. Okay. That's cool. Love it. Uh, even that's a great takeaway, friends. Like if I could see this kind of working itself out, we have somebody who's like a data person who's going to get these reports, pull them together. They're going to pull the conversations together, say, Hey, here's some people <clears throat> either on a weekly or monthly basis. Hey, let's have these, you know, I, we were doing these quarterly based on, on, uh, just on giving data, I was, we would look at like, who are the people that are giving less? And we would pull people to get, we'd pull our campus pastors together and say, okay, who's slipping behind trend? And, and they're again, not doing collections calls. They're not like, Hey, you're giving less money. Uh, but Hey, and usually what would happen is you would unearth like all the time we were unearthing. Yeah. Stuff's going on in our family where, you know, my wife's That's right. dad died or, you know, that kind of stuff, which was, which was great, but man, having a more holistic view would be even better. Let's talk about the actual engagement point. So I'm, I'm a staff member. I've been engaged to follow up with someone and you've actually got a practical resource to kind of help us with that. Why don't you talk us through that as well? Like, how do we actually make this in, how do I engage with somebody? What are some best practices there? Yeah, I'm glad you asked this question because you can have all the data in the world and check on as many people that you'd like. But at the end of the day, lever leveraging your data is only as effective as you are and your staff is having the pastoral conversa conversation. Uh, many churches have staff members who aren't pastors, who haven't gone to seminary, that are required to make these calls. And sometimes they're, they're difficult, they're challenging conversations. Uh, and some of them haven't been equipped to have that conversation. You know, we, we have found that some church staff are having the conversation without having the conversation. <laughs> yes. They're, they're reaching out and someone is saying, you know, well, soccer's busy. And, and the staff member says, oh, okay, we understand. Great. Have a good day. You know, how do you push beyond that and have the conversation right. and say, you know, I, I understand it's a busy season, but when you and your family was highly engaged in our church, what were the benefits of that? Why did you do that? You know, and they're mm -hmm. going to get into uh, parenting support and community mm -hmm. and uh, the the kids learning about Christ, you know, so good that that doesn't matter now, you know, and, and pushing mm. back on that a little bit. How can we help you reengage? Because that still really yes. matters for your family. 
you know, and, and even maybe being a source of accountability for them. You know, soccer ends in three weeks. Great. I'm yep. going to text you. I'm putting it on my calendar in three weeks. Love it. Can I text you and reach back out and help you do that? So you have to be careful that you're actually having that pastoral and shepherding conversation. And we believe so that this matters so much that uh, we'd like to provide a gift to the listeners. Um, Love it. It's it's a resource called, we call it, we're calling it Shepherding Tips and Ideas. Uh, it's just a little bit of content. It's a quick two-pager for any level of staff. It'll be helpful for them to, to understand how to start a shepherding conversation and then really dig deeper and have the conversation. Yeah, I love this. So friends, we're going to put a link to this in the show notes. You you should pick it up. And um, I can say, even if you're not going to, this is in, this alone is like gold. It's only two pages, but having read through this, I'm like, man, there's some great coaching on here. That's just super practical. This is like right down the zone of unseminary, which I love. It's like, just take this ball and run with it. Some great conversation starters. Um, you know, my, my wife is a people person. She's like one of these people. She's like this very high bandwidth for caring for folks. And she is um, like, lots of people think that they're her best friend because she just has, she's just that kind of person. Um, and she's very good naturally at that. I'm more of a systems guy. I'm more of a like build a checklist and you know, all I'm friendly, but this kind of resource, super helpful, like man, some good conversation starters. So I would encourage you friends, check out that, uh, that, in the show notes. So, uh, so good. This has been a, this has been a great conversation. Now, as we're thinking about the future, when you think of kind of the future of path and the tool, where's all this going? Like where we going to look up over the horizon. How, what are you guys hoping for? How are you hoping this will help churches? How are you hoping it'll, you know, any kind of changes in the future or that kind of thing to help make this even better for, you know, for us as we're thinking about these issues? Well, we always have ideas for future development. We're listening <laughs> to churches, we're getting ideas, and, and we continue sure. building out the program. Uh, currently, there are five modules in the program. It's connect, connection statistics reporting. It's yep. attendance reporting because everybody has that giant spreadsheet that like 15 staff members have access to, and there are multiple versions of the truth. Uh, we're not, we're not going to do that anymore. We've, we've got attendance reporting, the engagement index, and those trends that we talked about earlier. There's some financial reporting and some executive reporting, which includes that unique individual engagement number. So there, there's a lot in the program right now. But to be honest, Rich, our goal, our hope is to help churches pursue people. We, we are passionate about the success of the churches that we're working with, and we want to help them leverage their mountains of data to help people meet, follow, and share Jesus. And so uh, right now we're working towards sharing the tool with as many churches as we can because it's making the staff more efficient. It's reporting holistic data really user in a user-friendly way. And uh, we're, we're seeing real fruit from having these shepherding and discipleship conversations with people. Love it. So good. Any kind of last words uh, just as we wrap up today's uh, episode? Any last nuggets you want to make sure that we, uh, and then we'll make sure we get people to connect with you guys online, but where any other kind of last pieces you want to talk about? Yeah, I know, Rich, that there are some people that are skeptical about data and leveraging data, and they're, they're afraid that somehow you're going to become obsessed with numbers and, and forget the people. But I, mm. I just think it's important for church leadership to remember what we said earlier, every data point represents a soul. And mm. when people deprioritize activities and programs at your church that were once a priority to them, uh, they're going through something, whether it's doubt in their faith, depression, divorce, diagnosis, economic duress, there, there's something going on in their life that we as the church have the opportunity to to reach out and care for them for. We we think about Matthew 25 and the parable of the talents. You know, mm. the, the one who brought five more talents 
heard, well done, good and faithful servant. And uh, we as the church really need to make sure that we are stewarding the, the people that Christ has entrusted us with well. And uh, we, we're doing everything possible, including leveraging data to make sure that, that we're able to tell the Lord that we did everything we could to, to steward well the flock that he gave us. Love it. So good. This has been what an encouraging conversation. And friends, we're just scratched the surface here. There's a ton more we could talk about. Uh, but I want to encourage people to to drop by your website to learn more. Where do we want to send them online to learn more about PATH and to take step? I'd really encourage people. I know there's church leaders that are listening in that are like, hey, we should let's just take the next step and learn more about this. Where do we want to send them online? Yeah, to learn more about the tool, they can go to pathengagement.com. To get the resources we talked about earlier, it's pathengagement.com slash unseminary. We've got that free download. And we're going to do a deep dive on November 6th at 1 p.m. that we want to invite people to. We're going to look at PATH, really get into the nuts and bolts of the engagement index and the trends, what these reports look like. Um, And if anybody has questions or or wants to reach out to me personally, they can find me at ronnie.dayleone at pathengagement.com. Love it. Thanks so much, Ronnie. I really appreciate you being here today. Thank That's you my for pleasure. being a part of this. Take care. Great. Thank you, Rich. You too. Thanks for tuning in to the Unseminary Podcast. Drop by unseminary.com for more helpful resources for you and your team. There you will find articles, online courses, and so much more. Unseminary, stuff you wish they taught in seminary. Presented by CDF Capital. Visit them at cdf.capital forward slash unseminary.